2: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
1: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
2: It's the final hour on this Tuesday. Dan and the Dan S. Dan Patrick Show. We'll check in with the Carolina Panthers. Their owner, David Tepper, had a press conference. I'm curious if he got peppered by the media with questions there. Maybe, pepper, a, pepper. I maybe a Tepper tantrum. Is that right, Todd? Yeah, okay. Tepper tantrum. Right, Got to control his Tepper. Okay. <laughs> he has not
3: been able to do that.
2: All right. Carolina Panthers with one win. Uh, can we look at their uh, schedule? Like, how can they screw this up for the Bears that they ended up winning? Because the over-unders, I thought were really telling this according to DraftKings, today the over under for the panthers is two and a half the over under for the patriots is three and a half speaking of the patriots here's bill belichick being asked about his future
4: there have been a lot of headlines surrounding your future with the organization and even some national media members dan orlovsky being one of them saying that you already have another destination set in place for next season do you have any comments on that
5: Yeah, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Can you ever imagine yourself coaching anywhere else? I'm just trying to do the best job I can right now. Obviously, (laughs) I need to do better.
4: Does it frustrate you to hear people say things, but you know you still can coach at this level, at an extremely high level?
5: Yeah, I don't worry about what everybody else is saying. Mm -hmm. I've heard good, I've heard
2: bad, so I don't really care. Check his pulse.
6: The words are barely getting out of his mouth.
2: Check his pulse. Uh, yeah, I'm very good at that. Okay. Huh? Huh? I uh, I, you know, you see a lot of these media outlets going. Uh, likely destination for Bill Belichick, or here's the three places. One was the Chargers. One was Washington. One was Dallas. We have to put Dallas in there. You just do because you get clicks, whether it's true or not. Uh, but Bill, I can't imagine Bill Belichick working for Jerry Jones. Just can't. Can't. The Chargers situation, I think, would be real. But I was looking for the reasons why, you know, you have your franchise quarterback and Justin Herbert, and then somebody wrote, uh, hey, uh, Hollywood, and I go, the least Hollywood coach <laughs> in the history of coaches is Bill Belichick. He's not, I can't imagine him going, hey, there's, uh, he's there. I don't, I don't know the hot spot now in uh, L.A., but could you imagine that there, there's, uh, hey, Bill's at Nobu. In Malibu, he's sitting with the Kardashians. Wow. Yes, Paul. How about
6: the Carolina Panthers? You have a, a, a loud meddling owner. You have an untalented team with a young quarterback who's not getting any protection. <laughs> Easy transition.
2: Well, I think he's got a good owner. I don't think that owner should be compared to David Tepper. Um, David Tepper's still speaking. He started at 1030. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But the Chargers, you got your quarterback. I don't know. I just does Bill Bill want to coach again? Do you want to go through that? If uh, you know you're ceremoniously uh, departing the Patriots, do you do you want to start over at seventy one? And he seems like an old seventy one. Pete Carroll seems like he's fifty one. Yes, Mark,
4: is he one of those guys like, all right, when you when you're done coaching, all right, now what? Like, what do I do?
2: Well, I could see him being an assistant coach at the Naval Academy. Coaching lacrosse? Or coaching, yes. No, I, I, no legit, I, yeah. I'm with I, you. I could see him doing something like that. Let me look at the uh, Panthers schedule. Or maybe a high school team. Uh, Panthers are at the Buccaneers. Then they're at the Saints. Host Atlanta. Host the Packers at Jacksonville. Host Tampa. Can they squeeze out? Two more wins? Three more wins? What if, the, what if the Patriots have the number one overall pick? Uh-huh. And then Caleb Williams goes, I think I'm going to stay at USC. Plus, free agents don't want to go to New England. The only reason why they went is because they got a chance to play for a Super Bowl. In a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Brady not walking through that door. Why would you go to New England? What would be the attraction? I got to play for Bill Belichick, so yes, Mark.
4: And I love it. If you're not from here, oh, man, I get to play in Boston. Oh, yeah, not exactly. you in
2: Foxborough, <laughs> which is closer yeah. to Rhode Island. <laughs> yes. Not exactly. Uh, yes, Pauline.
6: I wonder if having the number one pick of the draft, the Patriots, would make it more likely or less likely they retain Belichick. Because that's a franchise-changing direction. I
2: would, I would move on. More so. Yes.
6: So, like, if they had the sixth pick and they are out of the Drake May, Caleb Bloom sweepstakes, more likely he sticks.
2: I, I, would, move hmm. I would move on. I would move on. I think it's over. I think Bill keeps – he's coaching against himself, and he, and he keeps repeating the same mistakes here. You've you got to have that franchise quarterback. And, and then if you have that, then players will want to play with that. Play with the franchise quarterback because you might be playing meaningful games. That is as nondescript as any team in the NFL. Carolina at least has Bryce Young that you're curious about, but it's just nondescript. And it's because of Bill that there's nothing there. Yes, Mark?
4: And I think Robert Kraft and the Patriots brass, they have to do this in the most respectful way possible for somebody that has brought you six Super Bowl titles what do you think he deserves all the credit or some of the credit? They have to do it the most, not the Tom Landry, Jerry Jones type of way.
2: No, and I don't think they'll do it that way. I think that'll be a, a parting of the ways. That's mutual. They'll say it's mutual, amicable, all of those things. And question is, does Bill want to, you know, start over again at that age? I remember when I left ESPN and I was fifty, and I was thinking, God, do I want to start over? And, you know, I'm glad I did. 50 is nothing. 71 in the NFL. And, you know, is is Bill changing his ways? Is he going to change his ways? I don't know. I I, I would be surprised if he coaches again.
0: Yes, Eden. I'm going to be just about 50 when this show is over. Hmm.
2: Assuming you make it the uh, four wow. years. I'll wow. be, make it. I'll <laughs> be almost... Let me check DraftKings. Over under, Dan makes it. Uh, well, well,
0: lately you've been saying, well, maybe four and a half, maybe, if you go that long.
2: I'm just using
0: your words. Yeah. Well, I was talking I'll about. Be, I'll be almost 50. If I die. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't referring to your mortality. Oh,
4: you weren't. Oh, okay. Although it is a question for all of us. I, yeah. <laughs> We're day to day.
2: Yeah. We're all day to day. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do at 50, Seton?
0: I have absolutely no idea. It's one of my great fears.
2: Does anybody know what they're doing in four years? Like, assuming we all make it four years. I have a, pl- I have a plan, Oh, but okay. I don't know if
0: it's going to actually happen. Okay. And none of it involves how I'm going to make money. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
0: so
2: I'm kind of screwed there. Okay. Very <laughs> honest. All right. Um, Marvin, do you know what you're going to do in four years? I'm going to get money somewhere. Okay. That's not specific. Who's who and what's what?
1: <laughs> Don't go back to
2: the street, Mar On what street? Yeah. <laughs> no, I I just went going back to, that to Easy me. Street. Yeah, seat. <laughs> saying
0: Hell that yeah. To me, like That's you mean Marvin. utility
4: work? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Marv's already got side gigs. He's right. working yeah. here,
2: working there. Yeah, yeah. You got. You're working for the mothership and NBC. You're you're you got gigs going on. I do. Yeah, Todd america wants to know what you're doing in four years
3: i don't know but i have this one of my dreams would be to like work with my son with the broncos in denver at the headquarters there, overlooking having a nice window office doing what i have no idea overlooking the big horse and the mile high stadium working in marketing and promotions or sales or maybe with the uh something mm, in broadcasting
2: sales do you have any sales experience
3: not a lot. I also um,
2: not a yeah. lot. <laughs> what what sales experience do you have?
3: S- selling myself back <laughs> in the
2: day. Whoa. Whoa!
3: There was a couple of months that I was you know, I was hard on cash. I don't like to talk about.
6: It. <laughs> I, I'm looking at Broncos.com, and there are some job openings. Yeah okay. uh, director. I,
3: I always like the Make-a-Wish stuff and things like that. Maybe you know charitable work for. Uh, oh,
2: I thought you were. You're the Make-a-Wish.
3: No, I'm not the maker. Okay. But, like, you know, working with the Broncos or something like that for uh, doing some nice community work with the team. I
2: don't know. Uh, by the way, Scott Fowler, who covers the Panthers, is going to join us. He just sent a tweet. I'm very unhappy with the Panthers for getting frozen out of asking a question at the David Tepper press conference. I sat in the front row, raised my hand high, wasn't called upon, protested to no avail, <laughs> felt like it was purposeful. <laughs> Scott Fowler will co- uh, join us. Up. Ah, yeah. Great guy. Uh, 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 yes, uh. <laughs> yes. They're just like a bartender
0: looking over yes, you at the bar. Yeah,
2: yeah. like I'm right, yeah. right yeah. here. I've right, got my money right, right here. Can right you here. just get me a drink, please? Or you would have a, a professor teacher. There was always somebody in the front row, and he or she always knew all the answers, and they'd raise their hand all the time, and then the teacher would kind of like look around their hand, trying to find somebody else. That was probably Todd who did that. Uh, James in Virginia joins us on the program. Hi, James.
7: Oh, thank you're taking my call, brother. Happy Tuesday. DT, Dan, X, man. Salute the commanders, man. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday. I had to watch the commanders get busted up by the Cowboys. It was awesome. <laughs> um, I... I got a couple things, man. Uh, honorable mention, MVCs, man. Uh, Buddha in San Francisco, love the energy. And Andrew in Washington, man, I like how he comes up with the stat of the days, man. They're they're really cool. Uh, also, man, uh, the they, uh, the the comment that Chase Daniel made about Justin Fields, it kind of makes a little bit of sense now. I'm thinking about it because if they draft Williams or May, they're kind of walking into the same situation. If you keep Fields, and maybe draft. Marvin Harrison at one, and a left tackle at four. Man, now you're building something. DJ Moore, Harrison, Cole Komet, looking pretty good. But the main reason I called, (laughs) woo, the Squid Games. Oh, man, you said it right, man. It is something you can't take your eyes off of, and it will change you. Don't watch it around kids. But I will say this, man, the challenge has got me locked. I, I even started watching the old Squid Games over because the challenge was so good because there's so many twists and turns. They were not in the original, and they really put them to the test, man. So I would say keep watching it, man. You guys keep doing your thing. Oh, and Marvin, you hit all the turkey ones. I would definitely take uh, green bean casserole over college, and the mac and cheese has <laughs> got to be twice baked. Y'all have a great day, gentlemen. All righty. Thank you, James. <laughs> Thank you, James.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, man. He's Black, a, blackest white caller we have. Oh, he's a blessing. Yes, he is. Man. He's awesome.
4: I was like, oh, man, we got two black callers. Jeff in Detroit and James in Virginia. <laughs> Told my wife that when I was taking calls. I was like, oh, this is amazing.
2: I'm connecting. Yeah, he's, I'm connecting with comes, James, man. Comes up there.
4: I was like, oh, man. Yeah. She was like, you really didn't tell him Black happy happy black history month, did you? I was like, maybe.
2: <laughs> uh, it was pointed out that Marvin will be in the Yukon uh, Husky magazine, and it comes out in February. <laughs> <laughs> We have, ah, we have any details uh, on this uh, expose? They're celebrating black voices. Yes. God. Marvin Prince of the Dan Patrick show. <laughs> February. February.
4: Them. whole bunch of other corporations.
2: Oh, we're putting up... We're
4: celebrating black voices all month. March 1st? Alright, alright. Move it. Is there a shorter month? Uh, yeah. Move nope, it. Nope. That's
2: black it. History Week? No, oh, no.
4: month. Oh, you said month.
2: Uh, nah. All right. Uh, Brent in Connecticut, Brent. Again, hey everybody, um, you know, while I've been on hold, I
7: realized I've been listening to your show since Rob Dibble had his crush on the Olsen twins.
2: <laughs> well, that that's messed, up. That's messed yeah.
7: up. Um, now before I left for my surgery, not procedure, a okay. tour bus broke down in front of my workplace. and I'd love to find this group, a new gig. I think they might be perfect for a halftime show at Krappenburg State. They're called the Flying Monkey Cece Show.
2: Really? Yeah.
7: They they need to leave work.
2: All right. Maybe uh, you can send us a picture of that. By the way, I have my Crappensburg State hoodie on today, and you can have this same hoodie. Go to danpatrick.com. Yes, you...
0: I feel like that was a joke that we're not getting.
2: Oh, you're... He wasn't being truthful. I don't know. I don't know that he was being truthful. I feel like that's a joke somewhere. It's like, do you guys don't get it? It's this. No. Nah. I mean, I got it. I thought that there might have been more to that. But I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Don't want to go too deep. Uh, Paul in California. Hi, Paul. What's on your mind?
5: Hey, how you doing, Dan? Great. How's everybody? Great, Paul. Uh, I got a little warm and fuzzy poem. I'm a first time caller, nervous as can be, in the in the presence
2: of the greatness. All right, let's settle. But, you uh, mean Fritzy. Okay, let's settle down here, Paul. And you have a poem. And I do. Okay, and it what's? But okay. is oh, it, it about it, the show? It's uh yeah, it sure is. Okay, here we go. Anyways. Here's Paul in California with a poem. "'Twas
5: the month before Christmas in the smooth white Patrick house." I messed it up already. Let me start. (laughs) "'Twas the month before Christmas.'" Ah, that's so... I told you I was nervous. All right. "'Twas the month before Christmas in the smooth white chocolate house, the moonshine was a-brewin' as the Danette scurried about, pondering the very best gift they could give unto their king. fritzy has got this hands down. Dude, just don't sing. Stick to your sports dinner rhymes and drop into <laughs> character at will. Your Mike Tyson rocks and your Dr. Phil kills. Ah, music man Marvin, filling them boots of McLevin, never skipping a beat. Oh, the jam is still gelling. Thank you, Paulie and Seaton for years of great laughs, but most you, mostly thank you, DP, and the entire DP staff. Anyways, happy holidays. All righty. So How
2: about that? Paul in California. Nice effort. I liked it. Oh, by the way, the uh, voices with the Simpsons, there's an article that they're getting so old that they don't sound the way they used to. I think, uh, who was it, Uh, Harry Shearer? He's 80. What? 80. And he's been the voice of, what, Bart Simpson? He's the voice of quite a few. And then the uh, woman who is Marge Simpson, that she's up there in age two. And I'm thinking, Todd, you could be the next voice for the Simpsons and you could be Marge Simpson. How unfortunate for that person.
1: Maybe there's an opportunity for me.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Wait. You don't think that's good, Seaton? I think it's incredible. I think, I think Todd's going to end up with
2: a 15-acre estate in Malibu in the next five <laughs> You're years. You're all invited. Oh, Make my God. I think you would be the guy. That, that'd be great. That'd be, And if you get that job right now, I would let you leave, and I would have no problem with that at all. Well, I don't want anybody to lose their job. Well, no. But I'll take it. Yes, but th- these are people who were, you know, really old. Yes, he-
0: yeah. But you ever done voiceover work? He could bang out five episodes in thirty minutes, and then that's that's the whole thing. Yeah, but and, you he know, he did not have to leave anything. He could do that in the same time it takes to do the twelve
2: fifteen podcast. <laughs> Todd could do five episodes of The Simpsons. No, because I'm on an episode that comes out. I think it's Christmas Eve, The Simpsons, and I've had a couple of sessions, and I only had like. Four lines, five lines. They they want to hear what they want to hear. And uh, and you know how Fritzy would be with something like that? He'd be talking, and then, hey, can I add lit? No, mm. no, no, no. Why
3: don't we try it this way?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are great writers, but I think it'd be more funny if I did that. Exactly. <laughs> it <this> I remember <laughs> when I would do ESPN commercials, and Kenny Main always, always wanted to change the script. And the people who did those great Sports Center commercials, they said, no, 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 this is how we want it. And Kenny would always go, uh, hey, how about this? And Maybe I say this. And I go, no, let's just stick to the script. They they really have a good track record here. Yeah, Paul.
6: Is getting the one of the original voiceover jobs with The Simpsons the greatest job in history? Anything. If you think about it, I, I bet the schedule got easier and easier by the year, and you got paid more and more money by the year. You have job security because the show didn't go away. Hey, and you, Harry Shearer, the actor and comedian, he almost passed on it because he didn't like the idea of doing it in isolation. Um, guess his career salary just with The Simpsons. Harry Shearer. $100 million. It's approaching that. They said it, it's minimum $90 million estimated. estimated. Yeah. That is just. Geez. And the, the work gets less and less every year, amount of time. Yeah. Spectacular. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hank, is, Hank is there. Every time he's coming in the studio, he's always in the best mood because he's has he got eighty three million so far. Yeah, he should be happy.
2: Yeah, but they're extremely talented. I mean, they do a, a variety of voices there. I I don't. It may sound weird to say it, but they deserve it. I mean, that show's been on for how many decades now? Late late eighties, mid to late eighties. Un- unbelievable, and still funny, relevant. All right, let me take a break. We're going to check in with Scott Fowler. Uh, He raised his hand at the David Tepper press conference with the Panthers, and nobody called on him, and uh, he thinks it was on purpose. We'll ask Scott what he was going to ask David Tepper right after this.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I the king. uh, King. uh.
8: What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, The Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards. The guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith presents the dynasty exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: All right, everybody game off.
0: And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item.
2: For 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Sunday night, Patrick Mahomes at Lambeau for the first time in his career. Chiefs battle the Packers Sunday 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, held a press conference uh, about an hour ago and uh, didn't know what he was going to talk about other than the firing of Frank Reich and uh, the opportunity for the media to be able to talk to him as well. Scott Fowler, he was uh, representing the Charlotte Observer, and he had some questions to ask to David Tepper, or at least tried to, and he joins us on the program. Scott, let me go back to when Frank Reich was fired. What was your reaction to that?
9: Well, I guess it had been coming a little bit, Dan, uh, only because I've been here since the inception of the Panthers and have watched uh, David Tepper work. He is not patient. Uh, He fired Matt Rule mid-season last year, and so when Frank Reich started 1-10, it did feel a little like Democles, sore dangling there. I sort of thought he would get till the end of the year. Uh, He only got 11 games in a a four-year deal, and when I spoke with him yesterday, I think the only interview he's done so far, he did sound somewhat surprised, but he also said he had no hard feelings toward Tupper. What was the atmosphere at the press conference today? Very tense. Uh, you mentioned that I tried to ask some questions and I did. I sat in the front row, raised my hand high. Unfortunately, they were calling on people as opposed to allowing people to shout out their questions, which I'm usually decent at doing, but, uh, was never called on. I think that was purposeful. Uh, for in my opinion, I'd written, written some very critical columns about Dave Tepper, uh, over the past year or so. And so, Uh, That did not happen. He spoke about 13 minutes. No. And what did happen was he said uh, the buck stops here. Uh, He claimed he was a very patient man, however. uh, (laughs) And so that's a clip you probably would like to play at some point. But yeah, he said he was extremely patient in other parts of his business. And he hoped the next guy he hired would be here 20 or 30 years and would eventually give the eulogy at Dave Tepper's funeral. So he was thinking very far ahead there and uh you know he struck it a couple of times here but he's got hope that he'll get it right this time does he realize he's the problem no i don't think so i think uh you know as i wrote i wish he would fire himself and by that i don't mean sell the team i mean just get out of the way you know don't don't meddle and allow the football people to do their job and once you hire them allow them some time you know if you say rome's not going to be built in a day Don't expect uh, the Coliseum to be halfway done after three months. I mean, they've got a lot of work to do here, and now they just took a couple of steps backward.
2: And uh, The thing that kept coming up to me and and trying to find out, did Frank Reich really want Rice Young, or did he want C.J. Stroud? And the role that the owner – the owner always does this. Well, owners can do this where they bigfoot people – who do their job the entire year, getting ready for the draft, then all of a sudden the owner is going to be adamant and say, no, no, this is the guy I want. Jerry Jones famously has done this and other owners, but what role do you think that David Tepper played in drafting Bryce Young?
9: In that case, although there's a, you know kind of a myth out there that David Tepper overruled everyone and and pick Young over CJ Stroud. I'm not sure it's that simple. Uh, He did address that in the press conference today, Tepper did. And he did say that Bryce Young was the preference of of every key coach and GM and scout in that room. Mm -hmm. And he could have vetoed it, but he did not. He also thought Bryce Young was better. Now, is that exactly the way it went down? I don't know, but Frank Reich has never told me In all our conversations that, oh, no, I wanted C.J. Stroud, even though C.J. Stroud's kind of a Frank Wright quarterback in terms of poise and height and all that, he seemed very sold on Bryce Young and uh, remains so even now after, you know, Bryce Young's lack of development really, I think, cost him his job more than anything else. How desirable
2: is this head coaching position?
9: (laughs) Well, Dan, put it this way. They're paying the last two guys they fired. Uh, Frank Reich has a nice consolation prize of, you know, of a four year guaranteed contract. He coached nine months. So he's got, you know, I don't know what it is, 25 or 30 million coming his way uh, if he doesn't get another job. Uh, Matt Rule, of course, they're still paying some money, too. He went to Nebraska, but there's some money at stake there. So in that way, financially, still very desirable. As far as winning, though, I mean, my gosh. If you count interim coaches, which I do because that's a little more fun, uh, The in January, they will hire their seventh coach since Tepper took over in 2018. Four head guys, three interims. Well, he inherited Ron Rivera who you could argue he may have stu- he should have stuck with maybe the entire time. But in any case this will be it's been a lot. It's been about once a year, Dan, that we've been doing this sort of thing. Are they the second coming of Washington? <laughs> well, I'll say this for Dave Tepper he doesn't have the Dan Snyder's um, you know, off uh baggage. Off the field. Yeah. Baggage. Yeah. Exactly. No, I I mean, I I will give Tepper credit for um you know, he's changed the stadium around the dynamics of Charlotte. There's all kind of concerts, and there a lot of. He's great in charity. It hasn't been the off the field baggage, but in terms of results and the spinning carousel of coaches, et cetera, uh, it feels a little like that. But okay, he goes. He's a he grew up a Steeler fan,
2: correct? Right.
9: And what? and hey, was a minority owner there. Okay.
2: And, why wouldn't you model your franchise after the Steelers? Patience.
9: Get the I don't right know. guy. They've had, what, three coaches in the last 50 years? Right. Yeah. Tomlin still never having had – he's still looking for his Mike Tomlin. I mean, he keeps uh, – you know, he references the Steelers sometimes, but it, it sort of is a hollow reference at these times because you've just – you've seen this over and over. He owned, also owns the Major League Soccer team here, Dan, and has fired two coaches in two <laughs> there. But he is a patient. Patient
2: man. Patient man. I'd hate to see if he wasn't patient, Scott. (laughs) Uh, I hope you get to ask, what was your question that you were going to ask him?
9: Uh, It was, I was just, he was talking a lot about self-reflection. So I was going to ask him, uh, let's self-reflect just for a minute. (laughs) You know, you fired the last three coaches you've had, you fired them all in mid-season. And I just wonder if you ever look in a mirror and think, is it me? Uh, am I the problem? I think he did a uh,
2: really wise thing of not calling on you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so.
9: Keep, he might be right.
2: keep fighting the good fight there, Scott. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Dan. And Scott Fowler. Been with the Charlotte Observer since uh, 1994. By the way, my nickname, uh, Chris Berman, gave me the nickname the Charlotte Observer when I first got to ESPN because I they had me observe how to do SportsCenter for three months And Berman goes, it's the Charlotte Observer. And I would just be there. I would sit there and go, I I can do this. This isn't a big deal.
6: Like a a rookie quarterback waiting for your chance.
2: Well, no. Rookies, they just throw them in there.
6: Well, like the old days where, like, you know.
2: Yeah. I would have been Steve McNair. I would have sat for uh, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. I sat for three months watching these guys. And then my wife goes, what do you do when you go in there? I go, not much. You know, I just kind of, I'm in there and uh, just observe. That's it. I didn't know what I was observing, because there's nobody like Berman, so you can't be Berman. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch Tim Brando or Bob Lee or Tom Meese. Yeah, Paul.
6: Okay, in retrospect, I don't know if you've thought about this before, do you think it would have been tougher to do that job? Sports Center at the time was very popular, and you went in onto a show that was already very popular, and you rose it up. But that three months you waited, was that probably a good thing? Or if you would have walked in your first weekend and started on Monday, and on your first show, three- I didn't
2: I didn't learn anything from observing.
6: But you oh really. do you yeah. think it just pa- delayed it?
2: The only thing it helped me with is to understand the person you might be working with, their, their personality. And the first show I did was with Berman, but to be around Bob Lee, who I later became a partner with on SportsCenter, or Tom Meese, were and the people behind the scenes. So it, it helped me kind of get immersed in the ESPN way of life, the culture there. But as far as being on the air, there's nothing that can replicate that once you're on live TV there you know there's nobody there to help you you're it's live go there's bullets flying around yeah Paul do you remember the first person
6: to use that word immersed because when I was watching in college one of you guys you and others would say you were immersed in sports Center and yeah. it was snarky
2: I forget who said that but it, it felt
6: like a snarky line it, you are immersed. Was it Dave Rebson? I don't, it, no, it seems
2: older. No, Maybe. You but. were immersed in SportsCenter. Someone used to say that on air. A mm. couple of phone calls. Uh, let me see. Uh, Steven in Alabama. Hi, Steven. What's on your mind today?
6: Hey, Dan. How y'all doing?
2: Great.
7: Six foot three, 231. So I got a question for Polly. So my 50th birthday is coming up uh, next year, and I'm doing a dream trip. And we're going to Chicago to Wrigley Field for our first ever game in Wrigley Field, and then we're headed down to the Field of Dreams so I can just go basically see the Field of Dreams. But I wanted to know if he had any recommendations like places to go in Chicago that might not be, you know, on the on the tour stuff or whatever. Something kind of off the beaten
6: path or anything like that.
2: All right, Paulie, any advice for Steven and well, I can give
6: him some food tips, but I would actually tell you go to Wrigley Field and then if you can take the L train all the way down and go to I call it Comiskey Park, go to Sox Park. And, and see the two different sides of town and two different ballparks. And if you could schedule it, you could see an afternoon Cubs game and a late afternoon or, or nighttime White Sox game and see two sides of the city, two different ballparks, mm. without. and you'll spend like $10 in transportation on the L train. It's very cool.
2: And I wouldn't recommend the pizza. Uh...
6: I would recommend it as a tourist if you haven't had great mm-hmm. deep dish pizza. The locals eat more like pub tavern style pizza they don't eat deep dish regularly yeah but that
2: that stuff is just doughy
6: it it can be it's like I, give me thin crust there's a place called Pequods near Depaul top end stuff but
2: thin crust good to go most
6: people in Chicago week to week day year to year uh eat like the medium thin crust pizza it's not the deep dish that's that's for special occasions and for visitors
0: yeah yeah I see. You got to get an Italian beef sandwich uh, that, Oh, yeah, in yeah, Chicago. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's
6: true. Forget about the pizza. Yeah, yes. And if you're in a nice neighborhood getting an Italian beef sandwich, go to a different neighborhood. Oh. I'm telling you, go to the south side for an Italian beef sandwich. Mm, okay. If you can.
2: Okay. How do you know when you're in a nice neighborhood or you're not in a nice neighborhood?
4: Marvin. <laughs> come on now. That's right. Dude, that's very easy. <clears throat> if
6: you eat your sandwich comfortably and, and you're ner- <clears throat> not nervous at all, go to a different area. Okay.
2: Uh, Jeff in Syracuse. Hey, Jeff, what's on your mind today?
7: Hey, Dan, thanks for taking my call. By the way, wearing my Crabbensburg State T-shirt today.
2: Nice. Um,
7: Going back to the conversation on Belichick, just some thoughts, flash questions. You got a coach who's going to be next season, what, 71 years old, including this season, last three out of four seasons. uh, He's he's got a losing record. Reportedly just signed a contract extension Last summer, so Kraft isn't just going to probably not going to cut him loose and pay him you know huge buyout. So that means you're looking to trade him yeah. to another team. Yeah. A few years ago, Bucks had to pony up two first and two seconds and some cash to get Gruden. What's it going to cost to get Belichick, and what teams are going to be interested, Dan? What do you think?
2: Well, um, I could see Washington ponying up and letting Belichick come in and run the organization. I don't know if there's a downside to what has happened at Washington. And then you bring him in. Maybe he could – now, you still don't have a franchise quarterback. Sam Howell is good. I, I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. Um, and that puts Bill back in the same situation. Bill needs to have his franchise quarterback. All of these coaches do. I mean, sometimes you look and you go, how like Mike Tomlin and what he's done when he had – Trubisky, now Kenny Pickens, like Kenny Pickett, uh, but he still keeps them relevant. They're not necessarily franchise quarterbacks, at least, you know, Trubisky wasn't, but he got to the playoffs a couple of times there. Some of these coaches get more out of their quarterback, and they aren't franchise quarterbacks, but boy, it certainly does help when you go, don't have to worry about that position for the next 10 years. But Bills had to worry about that. It's like every series, he'll be like, uh, I don't know. they are going to put Mac Jones in there. He won't even make a decision on who his quarterback is this weekend, as if that's going to do something to the you know, team playing them. Wait, is it Zappy? Is it Mac? We're going to have to alter our game plan. I mean, come on. Just name the starter. How about you give the starter some confidence? <laughs> Imagine these two kids. They're like, I don't know. They go home, and their wife or you know their father, it's like, what's the story? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Coach, thanks. Hey, Coach. Hey, who's taking the first team reps? Uh, you guys are gonna, sh- you guys are gonna split them. That's what you're gonna do. All right. Last call for phone calls. Paulie has a not a dilemma. Well, maybe it's a little dilemma. How about a quandary? Oh, is quandary in the definition of a dilemma? Could we check that, Ton? Since you're the s- smartest guy in the room, at least you tell us that. Graduated second in your class. Uh, yes, Pauline.
6: Quandary, a state of perplexity or uncertainty over what to do
2: in a difficult situation. But that's not a dilemma. It's similar words. Dilemma, plight, predicament. Oh, okay. So you do have a dilemma. Uh, yeah. Slash quandary. Slash opportunity. Quandary Ishmael. I remember him. He was a great receiver. Fast. Right? <laughs> See what I did with that, yeah, Todd? That's cute. I, yeah, like, thank it. I like Thank you. It. Thank you. We're back after this.
1: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards.
1: Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Last call for phone calls. What we learned, what's
2: in store tomorrow? What are we going to watch tonight, too? This day in sports history, we'll have that. All of those items coming up. Paulie has a dilemma, quandary, because he saw a piece of sports memorabilia. It's up for auction. It is... Walter Payton's shoulder pads. Oh, uh,
6: just you saying it.
2: From the 1985-86 season?
6: Yeah, uh, game use shoulder pads. They were uh, appear to be used in <laughs> both the 85 and 86 seasons. Uh, they're on auction right now. They're a couple different people have authenticated them. Okay. So, they have a little number on them, like for written for the number. They appear to be real. Let's say they're real. All right. Uh, when I saw it, I was pretty surprised. I looked into it. I did some research, and it appears to be the real deal, game used, paint and shoulder pads. Um, so supposedly, there's only a, a couple in existence, like two or three in existence.
8: Right.
6: Um, so
2: what's the dilemma? What's the quandary?
6: I really want to buy these. This is not a radio bit. And I'd like to do it, but do I do it and just deal with what happens at home? Or do I say to my wife, make the whole pitch, like, this is something I'd really like to own,
2: I would run it by my wife,
6: but what if she says no dice? Like, I know she can't say no, no, but like, she could rec- highly recommend don't buy those.
2: I think you should. Like, there's a dollar amount that you
6: run by your wife. Okay, so let's say that dollar amount hypothetically.
2: Let's say it's thirty four hundred dollars. Oh, so it's Walter's number oh. and a couple of zeros in there.
0: Yes, Eden. Why Don't you just forego any like holiday presents or anything and be like, this is the only thing that I want. I'll these do that pads. in a second. Yeah. What, do I need yeah. a sweater. If only there was a, a major holiday coming up where <laughs> yeah. people usually exchange <laughs> gifts for that you could possibly parlay that into
6: getting these pads.
0: But
2: then you might say to your family and your two daughters, hey, in lieu of gifts, I got this for everybody, yeah. Walter Payton shoulder pads. Right.
6: Vacation.
2: Yeah. Or these pads. I mean, By the way, you can't put them on. Yeah. And they're going to uh, stay right there. How much are you willing to spend on Walter Payton's game-used shoulder pads? In all seriousness?
6: Yes. I think I'd pay 4000. Okay. Because I've wasted 4000 on really stupid things. Yeah, but things. here's the
2: thing. You are giving that too much attention, therefore more people might bid this up. Right. And now you're your own worst enemy.
6: I've actually looped in son of the great Walter Payton, Jared Payton.
2: Okay, is this an inside job here?
6: No, he did not he did not know about this. But he does now. He does and he knows all on this
2: topic. Okay.
6: So he is going to inquire and do some due diligence to make sure they're real. On my behalf. okay.
3: 4000 twice, sold to the man in the front. <laughs> there you go.
6: But, you know, right in the... the where, where does it stand now? $2,200, four days to go.
9: Okay.
6: But, but, like, in the house, right? in the When you enter, you yeah. a big yeah. display. Yeah.
2: Right? Or maybe over the door. Over the door. Yeah. yeah. Or make it into a mailbox or something. I don't know. But... What's the most you spend on something? I, could, I usually don't buy memorabilia, sports memorabilia. Well,
6: like, vehicles are very your, your thing. Yes. They're kind of my thing, too, but I don't really do dabble that. This is a, a rare piece of sports
2: Okay, nowadays. I did bid on a car, a Porsche, and I was on, I just had my knee replaced, and I was on Percocet, and uh, <laughs> I I remember coming downstairs, and, and I said, I, I just bought a car. And my wife goes, "What?" I go, "Yeah." And I'm on Percocet. And she goes, "Well, can you can you turn it back in?" I go, "I don't think so." <laughs> so I haven't had any surgeries anymore, uh, and 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 had any Percocet either. Polly, how about you take some Percocet and then you can <laughs> buy any- I got it out. Yes, honey, I was on Percocet for what? I don't know. I just was. Yes, Martha. I have another. Con- a uh, question concerning Paulie. You didn't ask Paulie
4: what he was going to do once the show ended.
2: Oh. Uh Paulie, what are you going to do in 4 years?
6: 4 years from now? Uh not this type of job, but I I would say if it was in sports, I think I'd like to work exclusively covering college football, working in college football. Mm. The more I'm around it and seeing it even after all these changes, I just think that's the best sport.
2: Would you be an investigative reporter? Yeah. Like yeah. would you be like Yahoo Sports? Yeah.
6: I don't know. Something related to college football, covering it, going to games. I think it's just the best sport.
2: Maybe you'd just cover the Ivy League. Oh, yeah. That'd be pretty good. Pretty yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, Seton? Yeah, Paulie's a big college football guy. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, yeah that that's
6: you love it. You, you love the atmosphere. It's it's going in a different direction. I love it.
2: That's true. Um, this day in sports history, Paulie. Let's see.
6: This day in sports history, uh, Ernie Nevers in 1929 of the Chicago Cardinals scored 40 points. In a single game, he had six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And this one, just because of the name, Dippy Evans in 1948 became the first NFL player to score two touchdowns on recovered fumbles in a game. <laughs> Dippy. Dippy. Uh, and then guess who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated this day? Ironically, we're talking Sports Illustrated. This day in history, 1977, college basketball's secret weapon. Larry Bird. Larry Bird on the cover of With SI. two cheerleaders. Yep. 2000. That's right. 2002... Michael Jordan announced he was retiring oh. for the third and final time.
2: Hmm. I didn't cover the retirement from the com- uh, from the Wizards. Should have been there. I covered from the uh, Bulls. Well, I thought that was the original. <laughs> I still have my press pass right there on the uh, the door that goes to the mailroom. You can see the uh, Jordan laminate there. Yeah. Uh, let's go around the room what we learned in the program. Todd, did you learn anything today? I did. It's
3: legal and all QBs do it, but Chase Daniel says the Mississippi mud that Tom Brady put on a football was extra
2: shiny. All right. Seton O'Connor. Scott Fowler's making friends in the area. <laughs> yes. Uh, Marvin. Fritzy, new March Simpson. Yeah.
6: Thanks very much. Uh, Paulie. Scott Fowler called him Dave
2: Tepper. Yeah. Not David Tepper. How dare you?